Sound the alarm. <laughs> not a sponsor. Nicki Minaj is not a sponsor of the podcast. Can we get her to be a sponsor? No, she's she wouldn't talk to us. Plus, honestly, like I really, like literally, like besides Super Bass and her features, her other songs are pretty bad. I I'm I'll say it again. When she's on with other people, she goes hard. Like it's it's awesome. I agree. By herself, you know that's why. Speaking of transition sound. We're better together, the three of us. What is that? What, what did you just do? I transitioned into you opening up the podcast. Ah. Uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Guys, welcome to the Get Body Podcast. Uh, this is your host, Shark Cross, aka your boy Cher. And today we're joined with my incredible co-hosts. We got JCD, aka David Dutton, aka JC. No, can't call you that. <laughs> Jungle Cat, Jungle Cat no. Dutton, and then we have your name is David, the one, the true, the incredibly amazing and single <laughs> Luke Montgomery. Okay, why did you feel the need to point that out, dude? We've had a lot of listeners. You know, maybe someone could be listening in and being like, "Dang, who's that? Who's that cutie? Maybe he's single." Well, so okay. So this would be a great time to start off with the listeners' feedback, right? Yeah. Little we, pur- public service announcement. Yeah, we hear you guys. Um, listeners' feedback saying, "Hey, how do you get a hold of Luke if you're interested?" <laughs> right? Yeah. Slide into his DMs. If I got off Instagram, I will get off Facebook. If my phone number gets out there, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> okay, you need a fax share because <laughs> I think it's probably the most reliable way to get a hold of Luke. Share yeah. sure doesn't know what a fax machine is though, bro. We have new technology with the fax thing. You're so getting I'm, you're getting a new fax machine too. We use we use like a I know s- scan to email to fax. Yep, it's yeah. like a network fax fax over IP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, other fu- Let's. other public <laughs> service announcement. Um, some of our listeners wondered why Luke had a bird in his pocket. <laughs> Because there was many bird sounds. Things so. you don't know about Luke is he's a bird trainer. And I just eat chips, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So we negated that. We took the birds out of his pocket. Yeah. I left the birds at home. Good. Um, There's also some screaming children. Yeah. I left those at home, too. Yeah. 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 I feel like there was some other good listener feedback that I'm going to remember it later. The soda, soda situation. Um, about how Zevia is not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Not yet, at least. Not yet. Um, Also, to our listeners out there, we are actively um, looking for sponsors, mostly for free stuff. Yeah. We don't want to, like... We don't don't want money. money. Yeah, and we're not going to sell out. We just want stuff. Yeah, this But, like, quality stuff. Quality stuff. Yeah, we reserve the right to, like, reject the stuff. Right. If If we don't like it. Dude, I, I don't have, like, that high of standards when it comes to free, like... Gifts are pretty high on my, you know, love language. So, I mean, I'll take a free gift, you know, bottom of the barrel for me. Yeah, but we don't need we don't need money. This podcast rakes in a ton of money. So you can you can leave that. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty polarized. There's some things I'm like, yeah, that's my jam. I actually would pay for that if you gave that to me for free. Mm. And there's other things I'm like, I wouldn't take it if you paid me. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of which, and I'm sorry. I talk. I'm t- I'm super excited today, dude. You're amped. I may be talking a little bit too much today, because it's one of my best friends' birthday today. Yes, that's right. Luke, it's 
Luke's birthday. Luke's birthday. Yes. Luke Montgomery, how old are you? David only get uh, does crack cocaine on my birthday. Not a sponsor. Not <laughs> crack cocaine is not a sponsor yet, <laughs> but could be. That, those are some free things people could give you. <laughs> it is Public my birthday. service announcement. I'm David not does not do drugs. On drugs. <laughs> David is not on drugs. Yeah. Okay. It is my birthday. Yes. How old are you? Guess. Thirty-two. Yeah. That's a horrible game. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because we had your kids guess it earlier? No, because I know how old you are. Though. We should have done the thing where you talked about in your book, the biggest... Oh, uh, yeah. The biggest bluff. The biggest bluff where you have someone guess... That's a yeah. great game. Yeah. We We're should... not going to do that right now. Okay. We won't do that right now. We're going to say, um, what was the scariest moment of getting a cake tonight? Mm, great question. The scariest moment of yeah. getting a cake? Yeah. Getting a cake. Yeah. You got a cake tonight? Is this your birthday? Yeah. I don't even like cake. You you almost didn't get a cake, though. Because David almost dropped it on the floor. That's true. He David almost lit the cake on fire. <laughs> I I actually have never seen this before. I haven't either. So, that was so pretty audience, incredible. Basically, David rolls up with this little baby cake. And he has the candles like you normally would on a cake. But then there seems to be like this little piece of paper that's wrapped around all the candles and it and i think megan said like it's a quick lighter it's a quick light candles and it looked just like wax paper but what it actually was was like you know the things in the old movies that you light and they like like the dynamite what do yeah. they call that like the string on the yeah. dynamite it's exactly what that was like like the on the tnt fuse yeah yeah it was yeah. a fuse it was a massive fuse so as soon as david lit the wax paper fuse Literally, I mean, I was inches away from it. <laughs> you were extra close. You leaned in too because you wanted to see what it was. I leaned in, and this cake caught legitimately on fire. It was pretty close to catching on fire. It was unreal. It scared yeah. us all. And, and David is holding it, thankfully, with two hands, and he managed to juggle it. It was quite athletic. I feel like okay, this happens to me a lot. I feel super proud of my athleticism for not dropping the cake, but it was me that almost dropped it in the first place. <laughs> if I wouldn't have like freaked out like that and threw it, I wouldn't have had to catch it. That's right. So which is better, the fact that you catch it or like just not throwing it at all? Well, I mean, your your athleticism wouldn't have been matters. displayed if you didn't, you know, almost drop it. It's kind of like there wouldn't be incredible comebacks if there wasn't a, an incredible deficit. Oh, I like oh. that. That's really good. Speaking of comebacks, what is one of your favorite things about the uh, year being 31? That's now gone. Last year? Yeah. When I was 31, one of yeah. my favorite things? Yeah. Oh, my list has like three things on it. Well, then what are your three favorite things? Yeah. We've got time. I think there's the people's two got now. Time. I don't... There's two? <laughs> now that you asked me the question, there's only two. You ruined one of them. Um... One of my favorite things about being 31. Highlights. High and lows. Happy and crappies. I got my master's. Mm. That was nice. In? In public health. Boom. Um, That's your second degree? Third. Third. It's, yeah, it's my third degree. Um, Hashtag facts share. <laughs> Did you just call me fat? Is that what you <laughs> said? Facts. Oh, that was facts. So I said hashtag facts share because if you're looking for a man with three degrees. I do have three degrees. Mm. 
boom, three degrees. He's almost 33. No, so, I just turned 32. So, yeah, you're almost 33. So, <laughs> that was a good rap. Like was, we're ta- I'm warming up. It's not that. Nicki Minaj. That's true. Now, audience, we were talking about, you know, us making our own rap song together where we would all freestyle. <laughs> so stay tuned. Once once we release our Patreon, that's one of the first items that could be available. We're not, releasing, a- it. We're not releasing a Patreon and we will not be doing a rap song. Shares is going to scream every curse word he knows. <laughs> just straight profanity. Multiple times and multiple languages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you speak multiple languages? No, that's uh, only only speak one. Okay. Um, so you got your master's? Yeah, you only asked for one. No, I, okay. <laughs> Listeners, you may be um, confused at this point because this is a podcast where we interview people and we don't have any guests on today, but we do. Mm-hmm. That's right. We decepted you. <laughs> Decepticons. <laughs> and we are actually getting, we have a get extra bodied podcast edition where we are interviewing one of our own mr luke montgomery himself that's right dr luke montgomery dr montgomery the single doctor luke montgomery (laughs) yes um so this may be because it's a special edition we're not really sure where it's going to go it might be longer long form well you'll be able to tell at the end yeah, they'll be able to see not only the person who they're about to listen to, but then the actual length. And there will also be a little yeah, description. so they'll know. Okay. Yeah, so they'll know. But good try. Yeah, so, and, and I think, you know, <laughs> we wanted to include one of us because... Listener feedback. Listener feedback. Someone yeah. was like, hey, we... A lot about, of people, actually. Yeah, we're like, how about we get to know you guys? So um, we'll, we'll run through us as well as, you know, you guys as well, kind of every other episode or whatnot we might throw in you know something something else in there but we'll see but today's gonna be our guy our guy luke so fire away what's your so i'm still on the birthday thing because Uh okay well we can we can start at the beginning then Uh, a very good beginning of birthdays well, yeah, we, your first birthday. Yeah, your yeah. First birthday. <laughs> I don't remember that much about that day. How was your first birthday? I don't remember much. Happy and crappy of year one. Were, were, were you born here? Like in, no, uh, I was Columbus? born in Florida. Were you born really? Fort Myers. Were you really? Yeah. I did not know that. That's why I tan so easily. That's why you That's why, I love, the, that's why I love the beach. That's why I, I tan really easily too. Yeah, because you were born in Florida. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Get out. You, Fort you Myers. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when did you move? When did you move? Up? I was a year old when we moved here. Uh, on your birthday? Not on my birthday. Okay. So you Stop move. being obsessed with my birthday. Mm, I know it's today. It's today. It, it's fine. We're going to be obsessed. Move on. So moving into year two, you spent the second year of your life? Here. Which is? In Worthington, Ohio. Okay. You went to Worthington Elementary Schools? No, I went to Worthington Christian. I oh, went to Worthington Christian. Yeah. So, what was your what was your childhood like growing up? Oh, um, it wasn't. Most of it wasn't a typical. I don't think a typical kid. You know, well, what what one would think of as an ideal childhood by any means. My when I was. What, how old was I? Nine. I was nine um, when my mom was diagnosed with brain cancer. And that kind of 
turned our family's world upside down. Um, it was a really aggressive cancer and, uh, she had emergency surgery and, uh, multiple times, well, one emergency surgery and then had other surgeries after that. But then, um, did a round of radiation. Um, <clears throat> and then my parents decided to go in a different route, not traditional medicine. They went with alternative medicine stuff. And, uh, but yeah, it was kind of, kind of dicey from that point on, um, not knowing whether she's going to, you know, be alive when I got home from school or like what was going on there. I mean, my siblings and I, we, I, I mean, that, that, that whole thing with my mom kind of like it affected all areas of our childhood. I mean, it wasn't like a terrible childhood by any means, but like it was very, very present in that. And I, I felt like a lot of our time and energy and resources as a family went towards that. Yeah. So it's, uh, certainly was not a, uh, typical childhood. For the listeners, my mom is still alive. So brain cancer did not kill her. So you said brothers and sisters? Yeah. How many you got? I have two brothers and a sister. They are all younger than me. You're the oldest? I'm the oldest. You knew that. Yeah. <laughs> you sounded surprised. But I'm like, you know, if I was in the audience shoes, I'd be like, oh yeah. <laughs> That also, I feel like most of the people, well, I don't know, maybe not. I cued you when I was like, how many siblings do you have? And I was like, <laughs> I gave you three, like, and then you, you said two, and I was like, what? Playing <laughs> mind games on me. I don't know how to interview my friend. So, yeah, everything you knew was a lie about yeah, me. Like, what if I just made up something what, about my entire life, and I just... And you're coming clean on the podcast. Yeah. That would be... That's not what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Luke, what was, your, what was your relationship like with your siblings when... You know, all that stuff with your mom was going on. Um, Because you were, since you were the oldest, like, were you like, I've got to kind of step up? Yeah, I kind of um, turned into like, I don't want to say a pseudo parent, but I kind of took on some of those qualities, I think, of trying to like be more of in charge and more, uh, more of like a parental figure, even though like I was lacking in that department um as well and so i mean when when this happened i was nine my sister was two or three two so wow. yeah and my brothers are in, were in between there so it was kind of took on kind of a pseudo parental role early and i think that kind of distanced me some from my siblings a little bit um especially seth um, we did not get along at all, even through high school. Our relationship has has improved a lot, but um, since then, but yeah, we is he second or third? Second, second. Yeah, Seth Joel Elise. Seth, Seth Joe Elise. Joel. Joel. Yeah. Elise. Hmm. So with with all this stuff going on, you kind of feel like the older like the older brother stepping up in a parent, like kind of a parent role. What was like your, your relationship with your dad like during that time? Was he more just focused on your mom or, you know, like what, what, what did that look like? Yeah. So 
I mean, at the time, I felt like I was close with both of my parents, um, <clears throat> mostly because they didn't really know anything different. Um, and then kind of now, looking back retrospectively, I, there wasn't really a, an emotional connection with either of them, um, mm. just because like my, my dad was trying to be two parents at once while my mom was trying to get better. And my mom was physically there, but not really emotionally involved um, with like raising us. So it was kind of, I don't know. I, I kind of, I think I've said this to you before, David, like almost, you know, a functional like orphan. And that sounds super dramatic, but like psychologically and emotionally and spiritually, like that's how I, I felt. And that's how I kind of developed where I had to like parent myself yeah a little bit um <clears throat> yeah so i mean my relationship with my dad it's it wasn't great it got a little bit better it's gotten worse it's uh, now it's getting a little bit better it's kind of been all over the place hmm. yeah were there people in like between nine and going to college that kind of stepped in and like not looked after you, but basically tried to help take care of you. Yeah. I mean, my godparents, um, Rod and Marge, they, um, they did a fair amount for us, you know, like, you know, taking us, my brother and I to tennis or like, you know, being at birthday parties and like kind of being a little bit, you know, they were involved um, my mom's siblings were kind of involved a little bit, uh, there are a couple of families from the church who also kind of filled those roles a little bit, not, I mean, when I look back on it, it was more of like a functional thing. It wasn't like a, um, it wasn't to create like depth or like help us develop as humans. It was more of like, just, you know, do what needs to be done type thing. Yeah. Um, Did you so I'm, I'm grateful for that, but there was still that piece lacking too. Quick side note. Yeah. How do you get the title of a godparent? Do you just like say, Hey, you want to be my kid's godparents? I think it stems like from a Catholic tradition. Huh. Yeah, I mean we're not Catholic, but yeah, we we you, ask people. Do you have like godparents for your kids? Yeah. Well, so we when Liliana was being born or before she was born, we were like, hey, if Megan and I are like killed in a like plane crash, we need to have somebody that we would give Liliana to. And at the time, our we said, hey, they need to be like uh, married and and like really in love with jesus yeah and so my buddy joel who we had shot on the first podcast mm. him and his wife courtney we said hey well, you guys want to be the godparents and then um since that time we had um been... isn't that what like a will is for like are they in your will so they were but then when thomas got married uh to anna and then the boys and he was close and his family and yeah. all that and so that checks out but Part of the crazy thing, and not to, to derail 
totally from your story, but we didn't even, we didn't even have to ask him. Like we did, we're like, Hey Thomas, if like we die, will you take all the kids? But we just wrote it in the will. Like, so you, like if me and Megan got hit by a, yeah. a plane, you could be like, somebody could come to be like, Hey, sure. You're the legal guardian of these three kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. They don't have to know. They don't have to know. Yeah. Like there's no consent. It's just, yeah. no. Oh like, my gosh. Like you're probably the godparent to like so many kids right now. That'd be crazy. <laughs> I know for a fact, if anything happened to my brother and, you know, his wife, I'd have Wally the dog. So, you know. <laughs> that's so cool. What? I'm I'm the godparent to Wally the dog. Yeah. It's a big, it's right. a big overcoming. I'm yeah. just, I just wanted to know because yeah. I didn't know if like. Yeah. Did, did you have somebody growing up that you're like, man, I want to be like this person. And you're like, you looked at them and said, man, that's, Is that- that's what I want to do. Were you in the Michael Jordan era? No. I hate basketball. Hate it. Were you, hate were basketball. You like, it's on the pet peeve list. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> were you like Nadal? No, you're you're a Roger Federer guy. I was an, I'm was still a Nadal guy. Nadal. Was he your role model? You're like, I just want to be like Nadal when I grow up? No, he's like... Audience, that's a tennis player. He's like three years older than me. and Is he really? Yeah. What? I thought he was like ancient. No, he's like 30. No, he's like 36, 37. Whoa. Yeah. That dude's a legend. Yeah, he's super good. Roger Federer's 40. Yeah, I think he's like the top 10, like net worth wise oh, yeah. of all athletes. So, yeah. I should just email him and ask him to pay off my meds for it. Mm, that'd be huge. Yeah, that'd be nice. So, you don't, you don't think Roger. you have a. <laughs> We can we can have that sounds like a, as our that sounds like yes that could be pretty sweet dear Roger can you pay off my med school debt and sponsor our podcast dear Roger sounds like a romantic comedy <laughs> dear I think, Roger I would be okay if his sponsorship for our podcast is in the form of paying off your school debt oh that would be that'd be dope I'd be okay with that would you yes I just would want pictures with Roger Federer I wouldn't even need pictures. I don't know if I'd recognize him. You don't even know who he is. <laughs> I know he, my brother followed baseball. Baseball, baseball. <laughs> and he was, and I don't know if he was Federer or um, Nadal, mm. but he liked one of them. Great. So, you, and you played tennis in high school and college. And I'm sure you played in middle school. What, when, when, like, when were you like, dude? I'm pretty good at tennis. Because I mean, you have to be like legit good to like play. I never thought I was good at anything. Really? Yeah. Especially tennis. But like you play colli- like collegiate tennis. Yeah, but there's always people who are way better than me all the time. Mm. Yeah. So So I never thought that I was good. You, at you never you never had somebody in high school that you like were like, man, that's that's who I wanted to be. Did you have a like a drive or like a hey, this is what I want to do with my life? Um, well, I think my mom's situation kind of propelled me towards medicine, um, kind of like naturally. Um, so, I mean, for have a drive with my life, like medicine was always the drive. Mm. Yeah. So, so with you going through, you know, all this stuff with your mom. Well, well so to answer your question, no, there wasn't really somebody who was like, I don't know, someone I looked up to a lot and not that I can think of. 
So um, I, I'm just trying to think through this of like with you with with all this stuff going on with your mom, with you know you kind of feel like the older brother kind of having to lead and kind of parent a little bit. Your relationship with your dad being you know it, it sounded like over the years on and off. What like when you were going through like you know school and stuff like were you doing okay like like <laughs> like that's just got to be tough. So I thought I was doing okay, but there was a lot of um a lot of emotional baggage and a lot of a lot of wounds that. I, I didn't, I didn't even know for a lot of them existed, mm. um, <clears throat> until I guess college, I started to kind of think out, like think about those things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that I had not unpacked. So, so when you got to college and when you had that moment of like awareness of like, man, like I've been through the ringer, I've got some emotional baggage. What was that like? unpacking process well it's like i don't think there was a moment in time where it's like oh wow i have a lot of stuff to unpack it was kind of like over time i realized that there were that i was trying to fill my life with things that i and like fix things in my life that i didn't know were a problem Mm. and i tried to do that with all sorts of things or these things like tennis or well i mean even like with um, well, like friendships, like I didn't have a ton of close friends in high school. And so like when I got to college and I like made new friends, like I made friends and like close friends, like I held on to those super tightly. Um, and I still talk to most of them, you know, semi-regularly. Some of them I talk to like every week. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, like friendships like that. And then um, I guess college was the first time where kind of to answer that question again, of where there are people who I looked up to, like that's when I kind of was like, oh, there are people that like, oh, I, I see what this person is doing with their life and I see like where their life is going. And I want to be like that person, not just like because of what they're doing, but because of who they are. Mm-hmm. type thing um like my research pi dr kreitzer he was super great kind of an oddball but what research professors and pi pi is Mag- magnum pi <laughs> for our listeners not for me principal <laughs> investigator so he's our lab leader that is actually principal investigator yeah that's what's called why do, what are you you're investing investigating well it's in, research in our lab in college we did stuff with eyes what yeah bro eyes weird me out (laughs) but specifically we were looking at the neuronal connections and the acid base interactions you're cutting eyes in half in that class in in catfish and goldfish eyes so we talking we talking undergrad or like undergrad overgrad okay undergrad (laughs) yeah okay undergrad this is undergrad what does it inside like what does the inside of an eyeball look like is no. it like what you nope. would think like nope don't talk about it is this that's solid a very visual through? thing we can't really discuss that it's 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 what you would think it would look like 
It's just like a bunch of jelly, like clear jelly. Whoa. <laughs> that's, that's gross. That's disgusting. Yeah, we had to kill the catfish and we had to, humanely, of course. That makes my insides tingly. And then we had to take out their eyes and, we, and then we had to take apart their eyes and then take apart their retina and then get these cells and then we would. That's crazy. Make these little needles that would go and you, under a microscope, you get them really close to the cell and then you'd squirt them with some acid or some base or whatever we were looking at. And then we would see what would happen with the. See, this is why I like science class so much in high school. I feel like your science lab was much different than mine. Okay. This is college and it's research. It's like. Okay. Wait. So very different. At, what college are you at? Like where are you I at? went to Indiana Wesleyan University in Marion, Indiana. Okay. It is. A dying manufacturing town. Oh my gosh. Why did you pick that? Because I could play tennis there and I they had a really good track record for people getting into uh, medical school. Okay. So you and knew. We, knew we knew people who went there and did well and went on to medical school. So. What'd you study? Biology. Okay. Mm. And what was it about your um, uh, PI? That made you. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I just don't. I was concerned <laughs> about your Magnum PI. That you like. What What was it about the way he was that you said, "Man, I want to be like." Uh, well, it was yeah. kind of like it was his mustache. Like I guess I I guess it was not. He didn't have a mustache. Dang. He actually had a baby face. Um. He like. It was the first time where I'd spent like a long like again kind of filling this space of something that wasn't that I didn't have and you know, when I was younger of like, not necessarily a father figure, but like an, someone older than me who's taking like a vested interest in my life. And like, I was contributing, but like, they were also helping me. And it was kind of like, it was very mutual exchange, but like the, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So like learning from him, being around him a lot, like me and my friend who were part of the lab for three years, um did research with him in chicago for a summer um and you know got to know his family like he texted me today on my birthday like no way oh, yeah so what's his name dr kreitzer shout out to dr kreitzer <laughs> babyface pi <Woo>! bfpi <laughs> bfpi bfpi bf actually also stands for something else best sense for a lot of things yeah I guess, oh yeah i guess that's true <laughs> that's true <laughs> Is Indiana so? I want to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. What What was your time like in like a? You said you did Catholic school, right? No. No. What'd you do, Worthington? Christian. Worthington Christian. Catholic. So what was your What was your like faith like when you were a kid, especially like going through all this stuff? So like I prayed the prayer, you know, quote unquote, when I was four years old. I still remember doing it. Actually, it's one of my first memories. Whoa! I did it with my dad. Um. It was New Year's Eve, 1994, and we were laying down on the kitchen floor, and he was fixing the door, like door to the outside, um, like the back door from the kitchen into the onto the deck, and there was something wrong with it. I don't remember, and we just started talking about Jesus, and then he was like, and we discussed it, and then I remember praying some sort of version of that of a prayer. And, uh, but it wasn't until like high school where it was kind of like, oh, 
like I can't rely on my parents' faith anymore, even though they're showing a lot of faith in what they're going through. But like, it started to become. I I started to realize like, oh, I. This isn't something that I can get from my parents. It's something that's that has to come from in me. So I don't really know in the progression of that, like where. Yeah, that makes sense. You, you that, grew up going to a Christian school. Yeah, and like your, your parents we went, went to church, church, like very involved with church, did a lot of church things, and which was good. I mean, I was exposed to a lot of it. So, but then like actually, like making a decision to follow Jesus, I, I, I don't know when I would say I, quote unquote, counted the cost. Um. Sometime in there, probably in high school, somewhere. Yeah. So when you were when you were going through all this stuff with with your mom when you first found out, what was like? What was that time with? What was that time like with your relationship with God? Were you like, God, why are you doing this? Like, are you mad at me? Like, or were you like, God, what's your plan? Were you angry? I guess like, you know, when my fr- mom first got sick, I was in fourth grade, like end of fourth grade, beginning of fifth grade. So it was like. I don't know. I wasn't really actively talking to God at that point. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if you if you would have been like, like, you know, because I, I I'm doing some stuff with LifePoint kids right now, and it's like crazy because like some of these little dudes like even though they're like second graders, third graders, like even younger, like they like still like can understand what like a relationship with God looks like, which I think is really cool. But then sometimes they're like, they're like, why would God do this? And I'm like, that's a great question, Billy. You know, there, there's no Billy. I just made that up. Um, but <laughs> Thank you for the disclaimer. <laughs> I, I didn't know. If, I didn't know if, you know, if you had anything like that when you were younger. I mean, I'm sure I thought those things. Um, I don't know, I guess. Yeah, I don't really know how to answer that when I was younger. Yeah, no, that's okay. So, like, go ahead. I was going to say, it sounds like that in high school and younger years, you were doing the thing and you just assumed that was the thing to do. Like, meaning it wasn't until you were older or you had looked back on it that you realized, like, oh, maybe that wasn't normal. Or, oh, maybe... Yeah, I mean, I knew, like, yeah, that's a that's a... That's fair. Like, you know, I knew that my my childhood and my like my with my siblings, I knew that like that's not how other people's lives were lived. Mm. But I I didn't have like the ability to like put myself in somebody else's shoes at that age mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this is what it might be like, and this is might be what I'm missing, and this might be what's different. Um. Yeah. What would you say to a high schooler that is in the middle of something really hard, like um, similar situation to you or something that's just pretty heavy? What if you were to go like kind of a dual edge, if you were to go back to, to talk to yourself or you or you to talk to now a high schooler that's just kind of. Uh, I think one of the things that I've really uh, my sister and I kind of dealt with um, my mom's situation similarly in that we kind of 
we didn't want to be part of the problem. And so we kind of shied away from um, acting out or shied away from trying to seek attention for ourselves, even though we didn't know that like there were some emotional and psychological things that were affecting us. You know, we didn't know that. Um, like my other, my brothers like acted out, like they, especially Seth, just like, I mean, punched walls and like, you know, got, a, got, sus- you know, suspended from school and stuff like in an attempt to get attention, um, which he got, yeah. but like, <clears throat> um, my, my sister and I, um, did, we, we, we didn't want to be part of the problem necessarily. And so I would say like, if you're like me and my sister and you know, I guess whatever age, this isn't limited to high school or whatever, but if you are in high school, um, it's okay to struggle with things and not understand everything. And it's okay to talk to somebody about it and you should do yourself a favor and, talk to somebody whether it's a like a friend i'd probably go to somebody older who has a little bit more life experience who can maybe identify some of those things that you could be going through which is certainly wish what i wish i would have had like Mm -hmm. i really wish my parents would have put us into counseling like Mm. in a in middle school yeah you know me when i was in middle school i mean their the foresight wasn't there to do that but i wish somebody would have come along and been like hey you're being emotionally and psychologically wounded and we like, we need to not go like walk down that road. We can seek help and we can try to, you know, heal some of the things, these things now, um, rather than having to wait until now and figuring out all this stuff and, you know, wow, there's a lot of baggage here that I need to unpack and, um, heal from. So. Yeah, don't put it off. Don't it Yeah, don't put it off. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's man, that's a good piece of advice cuz I think that's that's really tough. Like cuz I remember when I was in high school, it was a lot of like you kind of have to I I don't know what I I think for guys it's it's a more of a natural tendency to just kind of bottle up your feelings cuz like um I think there's a lot of pride that inherently comes with guys um, to be like the alpha male that we've got our stuff together or the big dog or whatever. But two, it's also just tough because like um, in high school, you just want to fit in and it's not normal to, to just like, Oh, here's the hard stuff going on in my life. Like people kind of just shy away from that. Um, At least, at least from my experience. But I think, maybe now it's a little different because I think the, the culture now um, people are, are more willing to be open about like who they are, what their stuff, what stuff that they're going through. Um, so I'll say this though. Like if you are, if you know a high schooler is going through something like whether in, the, in their family or, um, or like a middle school, it doesn't, or, you know, an adult friend of yours, like, going through something and you and it's affecting them whether it's something you know kind of like i mean everybody in the church everybody in the school knew what was happening with my mom mm-hmm. 
So like, and so everybody knew what was happening with my family. Oh yeah. yeah. But yeah, nobody like took the time or had the foresight to be like, Hey, like, let's, let's like really come walk alongside of you during this time and your family and your kids. And like, um, and I, there are multiple reasons for that, that I won't get into, but I, I think, um, but if you know somebody who's going through something like it's, I don't want to say it's your responsibility, but it kind of is your responsibility to like walk with them. And so like, uh, it's going to look different for every person in every situation. But like, if you're, you know, friends, close friends, especially with somebody and they're walking through something or their family's walking through something that um, is really trying and really you know, like either a terrible like diagnosis like ours or like, uh, you know, any situation, death, you know, anything like that. Like you have a responsibility as their friend to intervene in some way. And not, I'm not saying like stage an intervention and like, you know, I think there are varying degrees of this, but you have at least a, a responsibility to care and not just like, not lip service, but like actually care mm. and step in and like walk with people, walk through your, walk with your friends. Mm. Yeah. That's, um, that is like kind of the concept of like to be known and to be loved. Um, in Timothy Keller's um, book of the meaning of marriage, she talks about the concept of like uh, to be known, like someone to know all the stuff that you're going through, but not to be loved is like got to be one of like the scariest things ever, right? Because people knew about your situation, but they didn't do anything to love you, right? And then there's also the aspect of like someone loves you, but they don't know anything about you. There's no weight or depth. So the the way to truly love, care for someone is to to fully know the person and to, and to fully, to fully love them. And again, like, I think it depends on the situation and it depends on yeah, like how, but I, I, I don't know. I think the church does a terrible job of this, honestly. Mm. And I, I'm probably jaded through my experience and like, maybe my siblings would have something else to say. Maybe my parents would say something else, but just from like my personal experience, no one walked with me through middle school and high school. Mm. Nobody asked, you know, Again, had that. I, it felt like nobody cared enough to act to know what was actually going on in me hmm. through all of it, and uh, now I have to deal with it, and now I am dealing with it. I have been dealing it with it with myself, and so I'm comfortable doing that now. But like, I wish somebody would have uh, walked with me a little bit more than that. Yeah, dude. Thanks for sharing that. I I do want to take a little bit of time to kind of go through college years. And after college years? Yeah. So well, what was that time like when you were a collegiate athlete? Well, a collegiate athlete. It's true. It's, it is true. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's not like something that like a lot of people have on their resume. So this, <laughs> this sounds really bad. It might sound really bad. I viewed my... I enjoyed tennis for sure, but I viewed my ability to play tennis on the tennis team as a necessary study break mm. <laughs> because I was so Is that lazy. a flex? Is that a flex? <laughs> hey, you know, for my study break, I'm just going to play collegiate tennis. 
You while well, you where you're over there playing Fortnite <laughs> or COD, I'm just gonna play with some 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 legit dudes. I was a Halo guy. You're a Halo guy. Yeah. Not even very good. I was COD. That's Call of Duty for um, you non MLG players. So. Sorry, continue. Uh, oh, that was just okay. a casual flex. Yeah. I don't uh, no, It was just a fact. Like, <laughs> I, it's, it's not a flex. It's just oh a fact. Gosh. I just felt like, you know, like I spent most either in class or studying or, you know, doing one of my research. Yeah, or so, so how hard is working. it to get into medical school? It's not easy. So so let's let's like so give me a single people. Listen, <laughs> Luke is smart. You just heard it here first. Yep. It's not easy to get in medical school. Hashtag facts. Yeah. Char. Yeah, not fat char. Okay. Hashtag fat char. <laughs> Number one. Not fat char. Luke, you know, smart dude. Two. <laughs> on his free time, he just plays collegiate sports. <laughs> yep. Three. He's a collegiate athlete. Yep. Well, what else? What I'm else? Can we very, okay. Can I just describe? He this? tans really well. Yeah. Born in Florida. Born in Florida. Can I, I have two disclaimers. One, I'm so in debt. You don't want me. <laughs> and number two. Only until Federer becomes our sponsor. <laughs> That's right. And it's then number two, full circle, baby. And then number two, I'm a very different person than I was in college. Okay. So, Dude, sometimes wait. I think for the better. Sometimes I think for we, the worse. We played pickleball on Friday and you were smacking people. What? Okay. So. You're totally. Now, you can't get out of the fact that you like don't lose muscle memory. You will always beat me in tennis unless I literally break a bone of yours. Like it's not. You should ask Ryan. Ask Ryan about the time we played tennis. Did you smoke him? Just you just need to ask him. He got bodied, didn't he? Yeah, he got okay. absolutely throttled. So listen, I was so he, depressed when I beat him. Like I was so depressed. I didn't want to play with him. I was so <laughs> depressed, and I still killed him. And you I put was, him in a body. But bag. listen, I was so depressed that I didn't even feel better after beating him. That's a low. I know. That's a low. I know. Wait a minute. So, so how hard is it? So, like, give me, give me some like stats, something I can connect to be like, yeah. Like, is it easier to get into medical school or land a plane if you were just a pastor? I don't know. No, like, that's <laughs> a horrible question. Like, like, so, so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go to undergrad and then you ask, get- ask Tori Kuchan. She's trying to get in medical medical school. That's how you pronounce her last name. I don't know. Maybe. Kuchan. <laughs> Andrew's girlfriend. I don't know how to say okay, her last so, name. But, Sorry, Tori. Okay, so it's hard to get... So it's hard. So you gotta score... What You gotta do well in your... You have to do well. You have to, you know, do at least average on your MCAT. You have to have excellent grades. They love well-rounded people, so that means you have to have... What? <laughs> Are you making another fat shark joke? Yes. <laughs> I know it. Well rounded. I mean, it was right there. Yeah, so. it was good. you have to have like a lot of you know, like quality work experience, letters of recommendation, volunteer, extracurriculars, like research. You have to have like the full package. Mm-hmm. Another num- you know, number five loops the full package. So you made it to medical school. I did. Where is med- what medical school? I went to Ohio University. You went to OU main campus. Go Bobcats. You knew that. I did not know that. Oh my gosh. Yes, you did. Ah, oh, man. My whole I did. Is, I'm so I went from Indiana Wesleyan University to Ohio University. Talk about culture whiplash. Yeah. It was, out. it was very much culture whiplash. Indiana is 
teeny tiny. He said it was like depressing. Like you said it was like was it's mildly depressing. Like manufactured town. Yeah. But, but I, also mildly depressing. <laughs> like small school. Yeah. Like um, like I think was it like two hundred twenty five hundred kids, maybe? Twenty five hundred? Our high school was bigger than that. Pig North was only two thousand. Oh, I was just thinking when they were connected. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like a thousand in my grad. Yeah, maybe 3,000. I don't remember the numbers. Okay. But yeah, small school. And then went to OU. I went to OU. Very different cultures. And so you partied. I did not party. I was in medical school. Sorry. My name's Rico and I like to party. No, I like to party. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot rod reference, audience. <laughs> Sorry. So went to medical school. Mm-hmm. And graduate is it is it harder to get into medical school or harder to graduate medical school? Well, that's a good question. I feel like if you get into medical school, like they have a pretty high retention rate. Yeah, I mean, you just put in all that work to get into medical yeah. school, you better finish that thing. Yeah. So they do a good job of like the people they they. Accept I think we only had two people drop out of our class of over hundred. Wow! Yeah, we had like one hundred twenty people in your class. That's a small class, isn't it? For medical school? I have no idea. I just like a class. No, I like mean... People. Like... In my financial planning classes, there were only like 30 people. In it. <laughs> How is that equivalent? Planning? Yeah, in, in college. That was my that was my degree. Yeah, that's how many people I had in my, some of my biology yeah. classes. In my tax planning class, there was only like 30 people. But there was also like four four like different classes different times. You know, but there's only 30 people or so in that class. I am asking all these questions about data points and I'm just, just treat me like I'm you went, you went to college. I did go to college. <laughs> yeah. I also, yeah, I went to college. True story. Um, okay. Civil engineer. I have my receipt to prove it. Yeah. I checked out your LinkedIn. Okay. I endorsed you. Did you really? I endorsed you too. Oh, did you see? Let's go. I endorsed you for being good at Excel. Dude, I love Excel. I endorsed your leadership skills. No Thanks. way. Thanks, man. Did you audience? Where you at? Comment. Where you at, audience? Hey, leave a comment. Leave a comment. <laughs> Don't leave a comment. Someone yeah. figure it out. Yes. <laughs> Somebody figure it out. Randy's got it. <laughs> Hashtag fat shark. No. Yeah. We can't have that be a fat shark. Oh, that could fat be part of Dude, we can show them. <laughs> We can show them some of the pictures when I used to be a little chunkier. No. As part of our Patreon package with our song. We're not. We're okay. We're not doing any of those things. Yeah. We talked about like body image and like. Yeah. Bodies. We could, we could probably get embodied and stuff. We should probably. Body. Yeah. Okay. Body. Okay. So you went to OU. Yep. You didn't party. What, what was your, your relationship like with Jesus during college? Both of them. Or with you? Just in general. There's only one Jesus. Oh. <laughs> that was really good, Luke. I, I, That's I also on my pet peeve list, so we'll get there. Not multiple Jesuses. What is it called? Grammatical Poly- errors. Polygamy? No. <laughs> what, what's the one where you believe in multiple gods? Like polytheism? That's what I meant. So not polygamy. That- <laughs> That's what I meant. People are gonna be like, "Bro, Shar is Shar is dumb." So, what was what was your relationship with Jesus like? How did your faith 
Um, in college? Yeah, yeah. In, in undergrad. I mean, I went to a small, like, Christian university. Yeah, because... And not Christian in name, but, like, we had to go to chapel three times a week. And, like, um, I think it had positive and negative influences on my faith. Mm. Um, OU, I think, actually helped make it better. Uh, helped strengthen it more because not only was it not like required for me to do like go to church or like be part of a a Christian community or anything, but it was like I knew it like I needed it. Um in order to like keep moving forward. So I think in that way it was good. I think at Indian Wesleyan it kind of became um, in some ways, it became more of a chore. Yeah. Rather than an opportunity. So. And like something like to, to hold on to. Yeah. It wasn't something, I didn't have to hold on to it in your wrestling because it was all around me. But it, like, I really had to fight for it. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the, what was the next step after... What was kind of your next thing in life after OU and getting your your medical degree? I did. I have my medical degree. Um, this gets kind of messy. Um, <clears throat> I started a surgery residency. Wanted to do trauma surgery. I've been on like multiple mission trips, and I was thinking about emergency medicine or OB. Um, but then kind of at the last minute changed my mind to surgery. I wanted to take, take that in a mission direction, whether that was full time or just like trips or whatever. Um, but during my surgery residency, I had to stop. I was dealing with PTSD from so a couple of situations actually that happened in college. Um, and if you want to ask me more about those situations, the listeners, at least, if you want to ask me about those situations personally, I'll be glad to talk to you about them. But, um, but dealing with PTSD um, from those and then along with PTSD, very comorbid or like de- depression, anxiety pieces all kind of collapsed on one another, collapsed on me during residency. Um, like I was having panic panic attacks in the hospital. Like that's not great for patient care. So, you know, yeah. when it got to that point, I was like, yeah, I need to, I'm going to hurt somebody. So I stopped. Um, and I thought that I would be going back, you know, after a couple months of like treatment, getting medicine, whatever, counseling, whatever. And I never went back. Um, PTSD, mental health, depression, anxiety. Um, I feel like to some degree, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's almost, it's so prevalent, at least depression, anxiety, it's so prevalent now. I think we're kind of numbing out to it in a way as a culture and as a society, but it, like, it is a very real thing. Um, 
and my situation is maybe a little bit different in that it was, it stemmed from, I mean, obviously some things from my past that I hadn't dealt with with my mom kind of played into that. But then from those other situations in college, certainly were the, the main driving force behind um, why I was dealing with those PTSD symptoms. Um, yeah, so I, I, I didn't go back. And I, I think the ubiquity of mental health now, it kind of, again, it can kind of jade us a little bit in society to like what it actually does to people if you don't deal with it yourself um which i hope that you don't deal with it but if you do deal with it like please talk to somebody talk to me (laughs) like i mean i can't fix your problems but i mean i can listen and i can at least help guide you in some and in the right direction with the things that i've had to deal with um or talk to someone you know and trust um and if you're already seeing a counselor, great, tell them. Um, I think everybody should see a counselor sometime in their life. Yeah. Everyone. I think it'd be great. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think sometimes it can be kind of, we can become numb to it a little bit because it's all around us all the time now. And, you know, you know four of the people are on an, anti- an antidepressant and, like, et cetera. But, like, mm-hmm. it really, it really... For whatever reason that you're dealing, if you are dealing with it or uh, that people deal with it, for whatever reason, like, it really is debilitating in a lot of ways. And I, even going through medical school, like, we had a whole block on psych, like, psychiatry. I I had psych rotations. Like, I saw the worst of the worst in, like, the hospitals. But, like, dealing with it myself, um, it's... It's just a, it's such a weird animal to deal with because you can't see it. And it's, uh, it's tricky. It's tricky. There, there is, I, I have, I will say I have improved from where I was at. Certainly not where I'd like to be, but I've certainly improved from where I was at when I stopped residency and it's been a very, it's been a roller coaster for sure. Um, but I think the upward, there has been an upward trajectory, um, since then and uh, through getting treatment and, um, good friends and support system and, um, family, etc. Jesus, obviously number one. Mm-hmm. So. I think when I was a freshman in college, the stat was one in every four. Um, sorry, when I was a sophomore in college, one of one of every four freshmen that were coming into college was on antidepressant slash um, like depression pills. Coming into college, yeah, or anxiety pills, yeah, one in four. So I, I had no clue. Yeah, if you don't, I mean, I I wasn't. It, again, didn't wasn't really exposed to any of this until medical school, even though I was like kind of dealing with it a little like not I didn't realize that I was dealing with this stuff until it all like hit me like it flattened me on my back type thing. But like, um, 
yeah, it's uh, a lot of people wrestle with it. So you're not alone if you, mm. if that's you, like, hang in there. You're not, you're not alone. How much time, what time are we at right now? Uh, an hour, I think. We're already at an hour? Yeah. Bro. I told you, long form. Okay, so, Luke, what, what, <laughs> when did you become a coach? Oh, gosh. So, by coach, I mean Coach Luke, a.k.a. CrossFit Coach Luke. Boom. So, my doctor, when I stopped residency, was like, you need to exercise for your brain, uh, along with all of these other things that we're doing. Another casual side hobby for Luke. <laughs> Exercising his brain. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like, the physical benefits are great, but, like, I, I legitimately, I do CrossFit for my brain. Mm. That's the main reason. Um, but so I've been doing, I, one of my friends from church, um, told me I should try CrossFit and I had heard a lot of bad things. Like when I was in medical school, a couple of people got rhabdo after doing Murph. Yes. Like, you know, cause they're stupid and I've never heard of rhabdo, rhabdomyosis or whatever outside of the CrossFit space. Oh yeah. Well, it happens outside of the CrossFit space. Well, you wouldn't know that. Rarely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so, and I, like, kept telling him no, no, and then finally I was like, fine, I'll do it. And so I tried it, did on-ramp. And you were hooked. And it, it, was, it was good for me in a lot of ways, primarily my brain. But, um, yeah, so I... I did get hooked a little bit, yeah. Mm. And uh, and then, what, two years into it? I remember Alex Abernathy. May he rest in peace. He's not dead, but may he rest oh in peace. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but may he rest in peace. Cook double A. His picture's off of the wall. No oh, way. Wow. Yeah. Get bodied. Get bodied. His picture's off Alex the wall. Alex Major's got to be on there soon, right? No, just another picture of me. Oh. Yes. <laughs> no, definitely not. I would love to coach CrossFit tonight. I hope, I hope uh, Alex Majors gets a uh, picture up there of him doing a bicep curl with something heavier than Ryan. Oh. That would be a flex. <laughs> of him like doing He's like a curling Ryan. <laughs> yeah, curling Ryan. That would be so funny. Anyway, oh, poor Ryan. Get bodied. <laughs> I said get bodied. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, Alex... He asked me one day, he was like, have you ever thought about coaching? And I was like, no. Like, no thought about it at all. And then... Um, You're a great coach. Thanks. Yeah. And then from there, it was kind of like... Then you thought about it. And then I thought about it. And then Christy was like, hey, get your L1 and you can coach. And I was like, okay. And at that point, they had a CrossFit. It was the CF... MDL one, bro. Have you heard about this? <laughs> it's crazy. Tell him. Tell him about. It. Well, hit so him with when, it. When it was a thing, it's not a thing anymore. But they had. It was at the ranch. You went to the ranch. Yeah. This is this is like the the mecca of CrossFit. It's called the Ranch. Okay. Um. This is another public service announcement from our listeners. They said, "Hey, we understand the cult of CrossFit and all the terms. You should probably post that like." There is going to be CrossFit talk 
and people may not understand what it is. Oh. Yeah, that's why I'm explaining the situation. I'm just saying, like, yeah. that was, like, feedback from our listeners. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Who? But also, also the truthers will only <laughs> make truthers. it to this part. We're an hour plus in. Yeah, and, My and home dogs are listening. We to this. have ice cream break and potty break to go, and <laughs> hey, get learned, and, and pet and get peeved. Hey, should we There's, tell? Should we tell the listeners something like extra special since they've made it an hour into this episode? Should we tell them something like top secret or something? Would, yeah, would you know anything top secret? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, if you guys said something top secret, like we could tell them and they'd be like, bro, did you hear that thing on the podcast? And then the other guy would be like, no. Nah. be like, how far did you listen to it? They'd be like, I listened to it an hour plus in. They'd be like, oh, no, nah, I got to listen to an hour plus in. When is this going to be posted? I don't know. Probably, probably tomorrow. tomorrow morning. Yeah. I can tell. To, I can give you some insight into comp. Oh, son. <laughs> yes. that. How so, about that? There is going to be a heavy complex in comp. So comp, what kind of complex? Comp is um, on Saturday mornings. We do something called competition training. So it's like we do like five workouts. Oh my gosh, that makes class. so much more sense. I always thought it was competition class. It's competition training. No, yeah. it's definitely a competition class, oh. especially if you go to eight thirty. But if you say competition training, that's the way I think about that's it. That's much more helpful and informative. That, that's the way I think about it is training. To, uh, if you made it to an hour, you got that little tidbit of nugget. Yeah, so we're doing a heavy complex. So What kind of wait, what kind, what complex? Raid Weed. Get ready, bud. Oh, snap. <laughs> if you guys didn't listen last week, Raid Weed is one of the best at complexes. Dude, he, he asks for, he asks for them dude. every week, and I have to tell him no sometimes, but I put she's one in for him. dude. Which is, what'd you put in? I put in, and it's a little bit different. Oh, snap. I want to I try, I just want to try something. I asked Kat and Jeff about this. Okay. They, they gave me the green light. Okay. So it's going to be one power clean, yeah. two yeah. jerks, Ugh. one power clean. Ugh. You must hold on to the bar the whole time. That sounds fun. That does not sound fun to me. I like the power clean part, but the jerks? No thanks. I don't know. We're also doing a girl workout that I put a twist on. Oh. Dude, I but told... I want, like, I'm not going to tell you what that is. Grace uh, was like... Grace is my girlfriend audience. Um, Not the girl workout. She heard, she, from Raid Weed. Yeah. Uh, Raid Weed was like, yo, one of my favorite workouts is Grace. And she was like, oh my gosh, there's a workout named after me. I was like, yes, there is. That's pretty narcissistic of your girlfriend. What do you mean? That she thought that the workout was named she, after that's her. That's just her, man. She's just the best. She like jokes I actually around. think it was. How, how old is she? Grace? Are we allowed to say that out loud? <laughs> what? How old you're, like, I don't know. Like, Grace is 22. 22. How long has CrossFit been around? Like 22 years. So, I don't know. Grace was named <laughs> 22 years ago. Yeah, Grace came the first. The person, and then the workout was named after she was named. Boom. Boom. Potty okay. break. Potty break. Um, yeah, you want to hit pause? Yeah. If I Maybe. I don't know if I can. Uh, yeah, we're on now. All right. We apologize in advance. For the lip smacking that's going on. Sorry, Wade. Oh, yeah. Reed, you need to be. Oh. Uh, he has the, uh, the hematoma. <laughs> Misophony. Yeah, me, 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 miso, misophilia. Oh. <laughs> it's like, not even we're that. Just, we're just cracking up at his. Misophonia. Misophony. Phonia. <laughs> um, um, nice. Okay. Mecca of CrossFit. You went to the ranch. I did. Did you see Dave? I did. He did. And everybody else. 
getting your doctorate and then going to this class, what will you think that the thing that you took away that one for you and two that you'd be like, man, I wish everybody else that had not done this would know this. Well, it was interesting being so the CFMDL one is, was the CrossFit level one course, but it was a class specifically for doctors. So really, there were only doctors at this one, which was really cool. Like we had obviously a lot in common. Um, yeah, have like like have I guess this interest in multiple things. So like medicine and CrossFit, and like kind of what they're trying to do with the. Um, getting doctors super involved with it so I, I thought that was cool yeah um what has been your favorite thing how long have you been a coach three and a half years which been oh. give me some of the highlights there are a lot of highlights me getting a gold star was absolutely on the list of your list no of your list no actually that moment is on the on the list of good things because you beat jared in a workout and you went to the bathroom in the middle of the workout, and you still beat Jared. That is crazy. You took a dump? <laughs> yeah, I took a leak. Oh, you took a leak. He actually thought it kind of messed with his mind. Because mm-hmm. like, we were tracking together. It was like a bunch of uh, overhead squats and a bunch of running. Yeah. And like... You beat him in a running workout, and you took a pee? Yeah. Jared can't overhead squat. Oh, okay. But he's like, <laughs> we were tracking, and he's kind of like watching. He's like, where's David? Where's Wait, what is he doing? Where is he? Did he go like... Yeah, David's gone. Oh, yeah. oh no. And I actually, it was strategic because I caught my breath when I was one of these. <laughs> and I came back in and like rested and I just hammered it out. I was like, let's go. So that was a great moment. I got a gold star that day. It's really, it's really cool to watch people put in a ton of effort. Let me tell you, just so you, Emily Burbacher, when she, like, she works so freaking hard. Yeah. yeah, she does work hard. She puts she in time so freaking hard. I time. have so much respect for her. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But just like to see people who, like put in the work and like apply themselves and achieve things that they didn't think were possible. I think some of it is because I've also been in those situations where it's like, like I remember getting my first bar muscle up Yeah, because everyone was screaming at me. Like I remember Julie Wakefield, one of the old coaches being like, you just throw yourself up there. Like Aaron Frazier, she doesn't go there anymore, but she was screaming at me. Michaela was there. Justin was there. Like people were there. And I, I mean, I remember like mm-hmm. running towards that bar and just like, so watching other people do stuff like that, like bar muscles and muscles and yeah. handstand walk and, you know, lifting heavy weights and getting PRs and stuff. That's really cool. But I think, um, so that's, that's certainly a highlight to watch people work really hard on things and then be able to do things that they never thought possible. Yeah. I also think though, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a subtlety too, and that is like, Watching the little things improve, it was really satisfying to me. So, like... Yeah, give me an example. So, like, someone else who works really hard, Jen Clausa. When she first started, she was so scared of everything. Like, she used a barbell for probably the first... Just, like, just a bar for everything. The first, like, probably... Six, seven months. Really? Yeah. And it wasn't even like the 35 pound bar. But she has such great technique now. Mm. And like, I think, I think interacting with people, 
and being able to see that those small little changes over time, whether you can slow see like where they started, see where they ended, or where they're at now, but know that it's just those small little things over time that made that big of a difference is really really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That makes more sense now. I, you, all of my high skill movements, you were the one like to help me get them, but mostly by yelling at me. Yeah. Like I was like practicing a bar muscle up one day. <laughs> and by mean that, by doing what I mean by that is like not getting a bar muscle up, just kind of <laughs> like trying to like get there. And I hear Luke screaming like, what are you doing? <laughs> get up there. I didn't even know you that well at that point. I was like, what? I remember that, like, actually. Get up there throw your head let's go and i popped right up there and i did my first bar muscle up i was like holy cow this works thank you luke mm. yeah i also think it's fun from like a teaching perspective to get to know people individually to where you know like how to help them the best and that kind of will lead into a uh my the get learned segment let's let's yeah let's, let's do just that there, yeah. just do that let's get learned so this is a great segue actually so um <clears throat> i don't want to get ice cream all over your carpet i'm eating I, what, yeah, i'm what eating flavor? peanut butter chocolate chip graters ice cream so is that your number one go-to for graters no not a sponsor uh <laughs> yeah, jc <laughs> jc what do you what do you what are you slurping on there it's 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 i can't get over that you call me jc on air his name is not jc JC, hit him with the it's with David. the D. <laughs> it's black cherry ice, black cherry chocolate, maybe? Black cherry chocolate chip ice cream from Graders. Guys, so good. I ate a uh, a chip wheel. It's an ice cream sandwich. I had the double chocolate chocolate chip. That's how I say chocolate, if you were wondering. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you are what you eat, am I right? <laughs> I have been thinking about, like, the, just the contrast. Yeah. Tips on how to get more brown, more chocolate. So get learned, son. So yeah, so that segues into what you're going to teach us. Yeah, I'm going to teach you Enneagram basics. Mm. Yeah, so, and you know us well enough to like tell us our enneagrams. Yeah, well, you already know them. What's an enneagram? Even though you always forget. Dude, I think I'm just shape shifting. I know what your number is. <laughs> that's that's what threes do: shape shift. Dang. <laughs> okay. Also, I think that some of this is just made up on the spot. It's not. So, Enneagram is a, I guess the best way for, in my, in my mind, to describe it is a way to describe people's personalities, like psychology based off their motivation. It's not like the MBTI or the DISC or like some of these other things K, that are used for K, other things. KFMJ. Yeah. FMJ. No, stop. Horoscopes. <laughs> it's not astrology. Aries. I can't believe. <laughs> Don't even get started on astrology. Um, my st- diamond stone is uh, <laughs> sapphire. So it's a way, it's a personality tool tool to describe mo- like motivations that we have and like why we have the motivations we have helps understand helps us understand our behavior a little bit better by understanding what's underlying that behavior which mm-hmm. i think is really important okay. it's not just addressing the surf the surface level 
is addressing the the deeper things kind of going on in our heart those wounds those things that we long for etc okay so in that way how that ties to crossfit is that i've learned a lot of people's enneagram numbers at crossfit and it's helped me interact with them in a way that we can communicate better give me an example so with you yelling at you yes why is that it really helped you it did yeah how did you know that it was gonna help me I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to go like, so what's my Enneagram number? Okay. So, so, so the Enneagram, it, 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 I don't, labels, groups, it groups people into categories based off of number. So each of the numbers has a it's, oh, numbers one through nine. And then each of the numbers um, is unique in like the, the things that people, that those people who, that the people who would subscribe to that number or, you know, identify themselves as that number, um, what they would, um, it's the best way to put it. Uh, it, it groups people into like their motivation type in a, in a way. So like, for example, a one, We'll just start, we'll just go through the numbers. So like a one would be someone who is very motivated by being good. Or to the contrary, not being bad. Oh. I think the number one is the perfectionist, right? I don't like the superlatives necessarily. I actually, what the way you had said it was, it is actually more helpful in the way of saying that because Megan is a one. Yeah. But I thought, I was like, oh, perfectionist or she's the... Like reformer refiner, whatever right yeah. Yeah. but she's motivated by being good yeah or not being bad yeah. that makes a ton of sense yeah so then like a two would be motivated by feeling loved this description says the giver yeah put that away sorry number I'm two? teaching you sure number two can you give me an example of somebody we know that it's number two rachel ramirez okay it's that that's gym. like that's like a help mac right like a helper yeah Motivated by motivated by feeling loved. Okay. Hmm. Three. Star baby's a three. Yeah, I'm a three. The achiever. That's what it says on here. Yeah. I'm not just to just to let everyone know, I'm not looking at any notes. Char is fact checking me. Yeah. No, I'm making it up. Fact checking me. I'm no I this is (laughs) easier for me. Snap! Bro. (laughs) Crack a pop. Get bodied. So threes are motivated by value and the need to be valued yeah i'm a three (laughs) um fours are unique in that they are unique they 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 need to be like special sounds is that has a lot of meaning like connotations and stuff now but like Unique, I guess, is probably the best word. What's a what's fact check says? This is the individualist. Yeah, they're okay. very, they're very like want to be unique. Do we do we know any force? Hmm? Do we know any force, bro? I feel like uh, right Megan right. Anderson. Really? Yeah, she's a four. Huh? Yeah, right on. Megan Anderson did David's tattoo, or is doing it. Yeah, she's legit. Yeah. Um, they're like a lot of times. They're like the uber creative people 
that's kind of the behaviors that they emulate, not necessarily all the time, but if, you know, a lot of people in the creative arts are fours because they feel like they can express themselves in a, in a very specific and unique way. Mm. Huh. Okay. Fives are, they are motivated by being, it's like they, they need to have enough. So, um, they, they, whether that's in energy or time or, um, <clears throat> really anything, money, any, anything, um, Josh Peltz is a five. Really? The five says the investigator. Yeah. Very, yeah. very unemotional for the most part. A emotional. Need to have emotional. He's, yeah, yeah, kind of more like analy- this says here. I, so this is surreal for me because I'm going to re-listen to this podcast and take notes. I'm <laughs> no, not joking. Not. I'm not joking. <laughs> Stop. This is super helpful for me. But this is what I do. I listen to them like, oh, that's good. I'll come back and I'll actually write it down. No, you won't. I, okay. Yeah, so, so they're like. The five says five seek understanding and knowledge and are more comfortable with data than other people. But they need to have enough. Yeah, so they operate out of a space. It's almost like a scarcity complex where it's like they feel like they like if they give out too much, they won't have enough for themselves. So it's very like a um, you you can say that with time, with relationships, with I'm a wing five, so I kind of relate to this a little bit. Where like I don't have like a ton of friends because I know my emotional energy levels like have have a threshold and I cannot go beyond that or I will lose mm. my mind. So yeah. the, so why do they call them the investigator? They're very, like you said, like data driven and like, um, am I five? No, I like data. <laughs> <laughs> Sixes. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Sixes. I'm a six. Um, I am motivated by, the need to be secure and that can take a lot of different forms. So, um, like financially secure or, uh, relationally secure mm-hmm. or, uh, and that also oftentimes behaviorally or looks like we're always worried about something because we're worried about losing security. Um, this here says the skeptic uh, sixes are preoccupied with security, seek safety, and like to be prepared for problems. Dude, I so I this is blowing my mind because I've, I've talked about the Enneagram for so long, but I've never heard it put the way that you're putting it right now. The need to be. Yeah, the, yeah. The, this is the motivation. This is the, the need to be. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So next to sixes are your best friends. Sevens. Sevens. Guys, disclaimer, I used to hate sevens. <laughs> Dang. My brother's a seven, and I never understood him. Which one? Joel. Joel. And so then being like having a best friend who is a seven is 
Do you want me to see, say, tell you what the seven says? No, I know. No, what is seven? it? Excuse me, this is my time to teach you. <laughs> How are you gonna like, put your phone away? Bro, that's my worse. enneagram. No, I'm a three. No, you, you put it are away. <laughs> we, put it away. I just want a team, man. <laughs> so, what is seventeen? You are motivated motivated by a need to be free. Really? Yeah. And here's the thing. You're you're gonna immediately be like skeptical of that, and then you're gonna think about it and be like, "Oh shit, yeah, you're right." <laughs> be free, the enthusiastic freedom. Yep, the enthusiastic. I don't know. I'm gonna have to chew on that one. Yeah, you think about that, and then you'll get back to me and you'll be like, "Yeah, you're right." Because I felt like the the need to feel, like the need to experience. That's your coping. That's your coping mechanism. That's how that's acted out. But where's that? Where does that stem from? Freedom. You, okay, so we're gonna put that on the. Let's listen. Well, that notes. that'll be the te- that'll be when David David will re-listen to this apparently and take notes and then it'll dawn on him that I'm right. I that's boggling my mind now. Okay. Eights are motivated by the need to f- feel intensity to. Be surrounded by intensity. Another word that is often used is lust, and that has a lot of negative connotations with it too. But it's actually a pretty accurate word, mm. um, <clears throat> and not just like in a sexual way, but like lust for more. It's not not necessarily for more, just intensity and. Actually, mm. um, one that argues, right? Yeah, like real combative. This yeah. one says the challenger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't want to be controlled. Uh, and then nines are, they are motivated by need to be content or at peace. Um, my brother's a nine. Really? No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. So, um, like my sister's a nine. Who else? We know a lot of nines. Who else is a nine? Dustin's a nine. Dustin is a nine. Dusty's a nine? Yeah. Cheryl's a nine. Dusty. Dusty there, Buckets. We know. We Shout know. out, baby. Love you. He doesn't listen. <laughs> I still love him. I still love him, too. We, I'm so proud of him for not wearing dad shorts anymore. Like, he's wearing appropriate shorts for a human being. He, made, like, the, he made the wrapping paper. Yeah, he did make the wrapping paper. Yeah. In those dad shorts. In those dad shorts. That's true. Gosh. But so, anyway, so the Enneagram, all that to say, there are, there are a lot of nuances to it. If like, if you know what your number is or you find out what your number is, like, great. Don't think that it like automatically puts you in a box. I know when I first was introduced to it, when I was reading some of the stuff that was presented about sixes, I was like, this thing is in my head. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand why I, why this is like knowing exactly what I'm thinking, like it put words to feelings and thoughts that I couldn't put words to. And so it was really helpful for me in that way for like to understand myself better. Um, and then now that I've been able to learn a little bit more about the other numbers and also my own kind of understanding, you, know, you can go like deep into all sorts of rabbit trails about it. But I think personally for me, it's been really, really interesting to help understand 
my own like depravity in a way. Yeah. And then also understand why I do the things that I do and like kind of where that stems from and like then how I can present that to Jesus and be like, okay, this is this and this is what I've found out like what I do with this now. It's kind of taking me on a road of growth in that way. And I think also then interpersonally being able to relate to other numbers in a way like threes, for example, generally, I'm not going to put all threes in a box, but generally words of affirmation is one of their love languages that they, is that one of yours? I like it. Yeah. I like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> see but like knowing knowing things like that it's it's helpful and knowing people's numbers and knowing like oh i can relate with them better in this way um has been helpful as well i'm also a physical touch kind of guy yeah you are <laughs> get your foot off of him you get some cold toes <laughs> yeah Mom, this is an ice box down here um so being able to to under be much more self-aware Self-aware, uh, uh, it sounds redundant, self-aware of myself, but then self-aware in how I am interacting with others. Mm. Yeah. So I have been really, you introduced me to the Enneagram and I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> but I think even the nuances of some of the way that people deal with conflict. Oh yeah. You know, the way that people yeah. either, um, and I'm sure, is it, is there a, is it included in the basics uh, for the get learned segment of like, hey, these people deal with conflict in these certain ways? No, that's, or, that's definitely an advanced segment. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I... No foot cramps, sorry. <laughs> foot cramps because of the advanced segment. Bro. You I just like yelled without any noise and I was like, what's going on? Wow. Okay. <laughs> just got <a> foot cramp. <laughs> Podcasting is hard, people. Yeah, dude. Um, no, but the fact that the, the ability to understand that Hey, I try to escape conflict and that is not healthy. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, so, uh, if somebody wanted to learn more about, um, about Enneagram mm -hmm. other than faxing Char yeah. <laughs> to try to slide into your DMS, how would they, how would they learn more? Um, there are a couple of things. If you just want to take like a free test to like mm -hmm. kind of get an idea for the, like what the numbers are and like what they, I mean, I, I just talked very basically about them. Um, there's a free test on Truity. It's T R U I T Y. That's what I was on. Look at that. Boom. That you can take, um, sponsor. And not, then if you not go to, sponsor yet. And then not if fun. you go to the Enneagram Institute website, they have, um, free, like you can read all about all the numbers for free. I, I would recommend this because uh, I did this a few years back. Um, me and Grace, during a date night, we both took the Enneagram test. And then it talks about like there's one segment that talks about like how you react in like a couple as like a couple oh, yeah. with others. And that was really interesting because knowing Grace, she's a two. Um, oh, twos. Yeah. <laughs> I groan about every number in some way. We also claim to be every number. I do not. You're like, oh no, I can relate with item one because I'm basically. Does that mean? No, I have. I'm a six and I have a lot of one in me. Does, does that? I do not have a lot of four in me, and I do not have a lot of seven in me. Yeah, right. You're six wing seven. I'm a six wing five. What is my wing? Hardcore. 
What is my wing? I have, I have a guess, but I don't want to like yeah, don't jade you. Yeah, that's fine. Um, or bias you. When you when you groaned about the two, was that like ugh? I love to. So there's this thing. I was like ugh. I love to be dramatic. There's this. So I'm gonna say ugh. <laughs> no <laughs> twos. God bless them. So there's this thing where there, especially, especially for some reason in, actually I know why, but in Christian like circles, it's almost like being a two, a woman too is like the highest form of being a, a Christian woman is being a two. That's my girl. <laughs> because like they're the helper because <laughs> like they're the helper and they're like the ones that love and like supposedly what a Proverbs 31 woman is supposed to be like, whatever. And like, I, I, I think there are, there are women who are twos, no doubt. Dude. However, I think a lot of women mistype as twos because that's who they want to be rather than who they actually are. And that's, I, I would say after I've talked with many women about this in the church, not, this is not just an observation, like, or anecdotal. Like, I have several people we've talked about. We've just got to have you. We we just got to go on. We've just got to get you and Grace to hang out. Because after reading this a little bit more, twos want to be liked and find ways that they can be helpful to others so that they belong. This type fears being unloved. Like, dude, like, Grace loves, but, like, she puts herself in moments where she overextends herself a lot of the times. And that's, like, been pretty interesting, too, of, like, having conversations of that. Like, hey, you don't, like, you don't need to do that. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to love you any more or less, you know. So I've noticed moments like that. But you do that, too. I'm sure. Yeah, but that's just because, for me, I guess that's because I'm an achiever. So that's hard. See? Yeah. You can't base it off of Zang! Dr. Luke! Dr. Luke just got you bodied. <laughs> This is why this is why I'm not teaching this segment. Okay, <laughs> get so, body, son. So did we? Did we? Did we cap off the get learnt? Segment? I think. I think. Yeah. After true. I just got absolutely throttled there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just proved that you're not actually doing the learning that you needed to be learnt. Yeah. Because you're like, this is good. I should learn other people, and you got learnt. Bro, I just wanted to be successful and admired by others, and are very. Um, I do admire. Stop rating the thing. Anyways, <laughs> okay. So in, in should I get on my list? In, oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Bro, are we about to hit two hours? Uh, no, we're only at like one thirty-six. Okay, okay we, we might have to wrap, wrap it up. up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For the get sake peeved. of the people, get peeved. Get Push your peeve. So I have a list here, and this is just like me driving in the car for 20 minutes thinking of a list and then I thought of two uh, about what peeves are pushing you so you've got a list of 50 right 53 (laughs) and this isn't even 20 minutes in the car this wasn't even close to how many I have so I'll how about this I'll just let you just read pick a number no pick a number seven and I'll tell you what it is (laughs) that's not below 50 (laughs) I had to. <laughs> so number seven, when people choose the easy way over the quality way. Ooh. So you have no idea. <laughs> so I understand. Just listen. Just listen. What? This is, this is just a ridiculous pet peeve. <laughs> Why? Why is it ridiculous? 
My pet peeve is <laughs> when they choose don't choose the path less traveled. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> hey, well, that's it. What's your what's your second pet peeve? I bet you it's gonna be birthday parties. No, but that is on the list. So, number two is fake plants. Bro, you would be in great company with Grace. I she does not like fake plants. Word. If you... How are you going to get oxygen? When you look... <laughs> fake plants. When people have fake plants, especially in their house, and I know it's like for dec- like decoration or whatever, but it's like there are real ones, like alive things that you can have in your house, okay? Or even outside. Yeah, dude. Okay? And you are intentionally choosing to not take care of and nurture something that you have the opportunity to take care of and nurture and you choose something vastly inferior plastic (laughs) dude it pisses me off so much i hate fake plants audience you you actually should get into the plant game because i just recently got into the plant game um via osmosis up from my girlfriend um I got this plant named Ollie. He's a pepperoni. Isn't that your dog's pepperoni? Pepperonia. No, no, that's Wally. Okay. Ollie is my plant. He's a pep- pepperomia. Pepperomia. No, I'm oh, not talking about it anymore about this. Bro, he, what's, <laughs> what's pet peeve number seventeen? Pet peeve number seventeen. Seventeen. Spelling and grammar errors. Oh, you already used Dude, that one. The the letter that I wrote you is going to be filled with this. <laughs> I can't tell you. So when CrossFit, when they, like, you were watching it on YouTube and there was a spelling error, they spelled fourth wrong. How do you spell fourth wrong? Like. Okay, time out. Fourth. How do you spell it? F-O-U-R-T-H. God. How about that? That was on the spot, too. (laughs) Boom. That goes down in history. But when you, like, okay, I I get, I understand, like, missing a comma, like, or or, or putting, they they forgot the R, the U or the R, one of the two. Forget. It's got to be the U. Foth. Yeah, it's got to be you. Um, <clears throat> Barth. But, so, like, that inter- Instagram stories. Instagram posts, Facebook yep. posts. Yep. News outlet stuff. Like, if I found a, and a typo, when I was in middle school, I found a typo on the back of a Cheerios box. Cheerios? Yeah. Cheerios. How does that escape? How does that escape? They're multi-editing. Yeah. multi Cheerios box. We are so different. We are extremely different. No, it's sh- it's it's unprofessional. It's unprofessional. If you can't spell something right, what if you didn't go to second grade and only did three months of first grade? Go to second grade, but I did. You didn't go to second grade? No, that would be. No, but you went to third grade. Yeah, but I, just... I only did three months of first grade and I moved countries. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but you know how to spell? Well, let me read your note. Yeah, <laughs> you spell right in your text. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's, that's spell things grammars. Okay, spell things right. Okay, you got one more pet peeve, and then we got the um, double yes. spicy. Yeah. So last one's got to be um, thirty-five. Oh no no no! Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Oh, thirty-two. Yes. It's thirty-two. <laughs> Bench press. That's <laughs> 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 just. I Pet peeve, number 32, bench press. Dude. 
Are you crying? <laughs> yeah, I'm crying. I can't. He just, <laughs> dude. We did that today. I know. Yeah. His response on my birthday. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't hold it together. I just can't hold it together. I am crying. That was ridiculous. So, I have oh. to. Justin Golliver asked for me to name drop people who did number. Oh my gosh. Ten on the list. People destroying the bathrooms at the gym. Oh, yeah. So I told him I would Bro. name drop people. Which are? You. Oh. David Dutton. <laughs> name drop. Uh, yeah. Destroys the bathrooms at 6 a.m. <sighs> Casey Warden. Sean McClenahan. These guys Ryan like- does it sometimes. What do you mean destroys Tom, the bathroom? Tom Cox and Ray Weed. So I would... All the meatheads. I would say, in my defense, I stop taking pre workout or go lot. get a colonoscopy. So please. I don't take pre workout. I also would say, don't you just poop before you show up to the gym? No, my my body's on a clock where I need to poop at the gym. It's like, but you got you got to poop, flush, wash your hands, and yeah. then double check the bathroom. But it's, they're not like they're, nobody double checks. I double check because I'm self conscious. <laughs> Three. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, this is this is your segment, so we'll, we'll let you have it. I okay. destroy the bathroom sometimes. Okay, so last piece about oh God. extra spicy, right? We're going to have a little bit of a clock, and we're asking you a bunch of questions really fast, right? Yeah. Do you have questions prepared? Yes. Okay. That was kind of slow, like you didn't <laughs> have questions prepared. I might. I might not. Don't lie. That was another one of my pet peeves, lying. You just <laughs> bench press. Okay. Bench press. <laughs> it uh, is. So you're gonna tell me that my pet peeve is wrong, or it's not a, actually should, a pet peeve. I am gonna say, and then that's number thirty nine. Yeah, people, people telling tell me, me that my, okay. my pet set, peeves aren't real pet peeves. Set two, the two okay. minute. You ready? Hey, set, go. Favorite movie. Uh. Goodwill Hunting. Clone of you, except it's a girl. Exact same personality. What's the first question you ask her? Are you married? Three favorite workout movements. Toes to bar, toes to bar, and toes to bar. Really? Wow. A hundred percent. Okay, fine. Toes to bar, bar muscle ups, and pistols. Ugh. Billboard. Everybody can see it. What would you want on it? Ugh. All of my pet peeves. Most attractive <laughs> quality of a girl. Like personality. Like quality. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for qualifying. <laughs> um, ooh. You're on a clock here. Let's go. I know. Um, pass. Mm. I'll come back to that. You're not allowed to pass. I can do whatever I want. My podcast. That's true. Best purchase in the last couple of years under a hundred dollars. Uh, the shorts that I just bought because I ripped my other ones. Okay. Favorite quality slash aspect of Jesus. Faithful. Worst workout that you can remember. Um. The one where I threw my jump rope across the room. It was wall balls and jump rope. I was so mad. Friday night, you're free, no obligations, no responsibility. 
What are you doing? Going to bed. Mm. Ooh. This one's actually from a listener. Um, I know you've had some hard stuff in your past and uh, you seem to be Mr. Positive. What do you hang on to to get you through? Jesus, 100%. Mm. And I'm really good at building walls. You're about to go do something extremely crazy, hard, tough. What song are you putting on to get you amped? Uh, I don't know. Mm. So we have two unanswered questions. Two stumpers. You can't. You have to. You got stumped twice. The timer went off. You just got. You, you got I think. I think the the one about the what is the the girl quality of the girl that you find most attractive. Um. Grace. That's Being nice. able to extend grace. Mm. And then this other this other question probably something with Pitbull. Pitbull, dang! <laughs> I also, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. What a G! <laughs> I had a dream one time that I married Selena Gomez, but I don't think I would jam out to. I her. could see you and Selena, <laughs> dude. I gotta text Lena. She, I we could hook you up. What, Lena? Selena Gomez. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on a second. We have to say, uh, like a special part of the special podcast is special birthday podcast. We have to say yeah. something nice about Luke. Oh, that's right. Not, I can go first if you want. Yeah, go first. Okay. Oh, you're going to say something nice about me? Yes. No, stop. End the podcast. Too late. My podcast. I can do what I want. That's what you just said. <laughs> Dang, that's true. It's crazy how that works. Yeah. I've flipped oh, the tables. No. I'm so scared. Well, I think I, so. Thank you for sharing your story. I think that what you had said about um, you had used the term responsibility, but I think your care and your love for people in general and the form that takes in actually um, breaking into their lives and and walking with them. I know you've done that in my life, and it's meant the world to me. And I think also the um, the Enneagram, being able to understand some of who you are and your tendencies and your depravity, I think that um, your your friendship in helping me understand my depravity has been um, worth more than, you know, Char's weight in gold. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being a wonderful friend, Luke. And thank you. And hopefully sharing has helped our listeners. No, if they're still bit. listening. Yeah, they're not. Nobody's listening. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, and I and I think going off the friendship thing, I, I it's rare to find people um, that not only listen to you very well, uh, but also ask you hard questions and not afraid to get nitty gritty with you. And I think you do an incredible job of listening, but also balancing that with like asking hard questions about your life, but also just like not taking crappy answers. Like you're like, okay, let's dive deeper. Let me like, let's dissect that. And not just because you just want to get to know them, but you're like, Hey, this is something that could really impact you, but also your walk with Christ. And I think that's, what's been incredible for me of just like, when we go out and get lunch, it's a question of like, okay, how's your week been? But then also just asking like, hard questions about my walk with Christ or even some hard things about my life 
so that I may grow more. And, and I think that is who you are as a person. You steward things in your life really, really well. Um, specific, like specifically friendships. Like you, you take that very, very seriously. Um, and that's one of the things I love about you because that's rare. I, I think it's really easy for uh, to settle in the way we care for people. Um, but you just love people really, really well. Um, but then two, you're just you, like you are unapologetically you as me being a three, I care so much about what people think. Um, but you're not afraid to just be you, um, take or leave it. This is who I am. If I, this is what I think I'm going to say it. And why I love that is because sometimes we just need to hear it. Um, and that's also something that like, you're like, hey, I'm going to say it as it is. If it hurts, I'm sorry, but it's the truth. And I love you. So you're a great friend. We love you, Luke. Thanks, guys. Guys, David finished a pint of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Was that, is that a pint? Yeah. Yeah, dog. Really? Yeah. It seemed kind of small for a pint. <laughs> it was so good. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Um, find us on Patreon. Um, 